I did restart my computer because it was acting goofy earlier. Okay. Welcome to our latest co-hosted podcast. I'm Chuck Marple, your host here with Karen E. Co-host. How are you doing today, Karen? I'm doing well. It's turning into fall already, and I love fall weather and leaves falling, and I even enjoy snow. I miss snow for about two weeks of the year, and after that, I've had my—I would have had my fill. We've got sunny days and cool mornings, although the the warmer mornings will be coming back. We're going back into the nineties next week, which doesn't thrill me, but that's okay. Stay in shorts for a while instead of the change over from jeans to shorts. In today's podcast, we'll be looking at some of the current topics and issues that are making the news. The death and memorializing of the Queen of Queen Elizabeth seems to be getting the most of the headlines lately. Have you been following it, Karen? Um, yes, a little bit, not a hundred percent. But what what is interesting is like there's all these different parts of it. You know, it's the idea of having somebody. She's the only person in modern times that's been been ruling for so long. Seven decades is a really long time, and not mm-hmm. only that, it's it's you know, I grew up in the time like I remember when Charles and Diana got married and so Charles has always sort of been in my consciousness most of my life and knowing that he's going to be or he is now the king and he has a very different point of view than she did as far as royals you know talking about there's a hundred staffers that he may get rid of you know he may do a lot to shrink the working royal family and is it Why is it, you know, just he thinks it doesn't need to be so big or because this is like we're watching a winding down of the uh, United Kingdom's monarchy. It could be. It could be. Um, You know, talk about your longevity. We uh, were born before she became queen, after she'd been married, about the same time she got married for for us. And uh, but, but we've lived our entire lives with Queen Elizabeth and Queen. We saw her as a young woman. Absolutely, I mean, for our first memory of her in the in the mid nineteen fifties, till you know, aged as she has become, and did to the until last week, it amazes me that there has been at times so much criticism of the monarchy, and yet they estimate as many as a million people will walk by that casket. They had tens of thousands of people that did it in Scotland. They were waiting out in the rain and everything else. And thousands upon thousands of people were waiting to watch watch her hearse. That was a, a beautiful day of, of, of doing the hearse, a different, a beautiful way, I should say, uh, having it lit up from inside with a crown on it so people could actually feel they were part of it rather than just watching a hearse go by. It didn't have the same, same impact on it. But it amazes me, and it's a complex situation, the monarchy anyway. You have people in uh, of, of color at places like Africa and India have mixed feelings about all of this. They understand this was the queen, queen. She had been there for a long time. She was a caring person. People loved her and everything else. But she was also, when she became queen, she was also the queen of an empire. During her time in office, many, many countries became independent. Some of them joined the crown as, as a commonwealth. Some of them did not. Several are looking to leave the Commonwealth today. So it amazes me that there's such feelings for her 
when there's such antipathy in other areas? I think that it just comes down to where you fall on it. You know, I worked with a lot of British people when I was deployed and it was interesting to talk to them. Like some of them were, you know, big followers of the Royals. Some of them didn't really care and some of them couldn't stand them. And I think it's, it's very similar to how we are over here with celebrities. You know, some people get all the magazines and follow all the tabloids and some people are like, Oh, they're kind of there. I like a few and others hate the whole thing. And I think that some of, of, some of it, I think too, is like, I think it depends on what color you are. You know, a white Mm -hmm. person growing up in the United Kingdom is taught to look at these other white people as, you know, this is the queen, this is the prince, this is, you know, whatever. And you just accept it. They haven't kept you down. They haven't taken anything away from you or not let you have more rights. And I think if you're from one of those countries where your ancestors have been treated poorly, and not been able to be independent for maybe the countries weren't ready yet. I don't know, but I can see why there would be resentment against her. And I think in this country in particular, as we start working towards racial equality and equity, we can see, you know, in the historical context that there are things that weren't right. And she did right wrongs and she did do a lot more, but I do think that as unfortunate as it is, you pay for the sins of your fathers. And I think that that is something that's happening right now. You know, you were, she was part of this system that did hurt people and did have a lot of colonization. And, you know, I think that, I think it's normal that people would be upset by that. Yeah, I think it's interesting you brought up about she's paying for the sins of her of her family is that the Bible talks about sins unto the fourth family, a fourth level of your family. So it's like, you know, when they went through their, their deportation to Babylon, the Lord kept them in Babylon for four generations. So, you know, you, you see that and it was under her uh, great grandmother, grandmother, I think it's her grandmother. Could be her great grandmother, probably her great grandmother. Excuse me, Victoria. Um, that was the height of the British Empire, where they said the sun never set on the British Empire, and then didn't for about fifty more years. But it's it's interesting if you think we came this close to being part of this empire. Had there been a different person who was prime minister, and I'll get to that point because you made a good point there a second ago. Say if Pitt would have been it, somebody who was more sympathetic to the idea of a little bit more authority to the colonists, instead of having to have total control from England, instead of Lord North, we might still have achieved a peaceful independence as Canada did and possibly be part of the Commonwealth and have a parliamentary procedure that's much different. But like you mentioned, you talked about the about about the queen, and you talked about about the the other things. Uh, the queen, the we we sent the Declaration of Independence and focused on King George the Third. But the truth of the matter is, the problem wasn't the king as much as it was the prime minister and his government that was going after. So it's a complicated thing. Could what would our life have been easier under Parliament, under the part of that the English system? We don't know. 
And that brings us to a whole different thing about democracy, which isn't going to be too much of a topic today. But think about this, like you undo anything, you undo our independence, you you don't have Alexander Hamilton changing the financial mm-hmm. system. You don't have a lot of things that came about because of independence. No one would know who George Washington even was. He would just no. be a statesman, you know, for England. And it wouldn't, it would have been completely different had, had that never happened. Well, you know, you can say the same, the same things. I was talking to your mother this morning about, you know, the what is, what, what if, in fact, Robert Kennedy had not been assassinated and been elected president. We would not have had Nixon. We would not have had Watergate. Not everything goes on there. We would have been out of Vietnam a lot sooner than we were. What if the person who won the popular vote in two in the year in two thousand, Al Gore, had become president? We wouldn't have had George Bush. We wouldn't have had Roberts being the chief justice. And what if the popular vote would have won in two thousand sixteen? But you can't live with the what is. We have to deal with the no. realities of it. Sometimes it's interesting to think of as like a, a piece of historical fiction to write. Like, oh, it is. all of this and what does this look like? Talk about uh, what ifs. We came off close to a major economic disruption in this country. We came within 24 hours of having a strike of the railroad workers, 30,000 plus people walking off the job and basically ending freight moving throughout the country. Also cutting off three quarters of Amtrak's routes because they had to go over freight lines. Scary time. So I only have like been following this kind of on the periphery. Like what were the workers complaints? They were, they were putting on saying that they were basically on 24 hour call seven days a week. And they were penalized because they have like a point system for attendance or whatever. Uh, and they had a little say in those and when they were called in. And what they would do is if they had to had to take a, a, go to a doctor's appointment or they had a sick relative or something and they, they couldn't be come in for that, they would lose points. And it was hurting them. So they wanted to have a real policy, a fair policy put in there. And I guess from what I what I've read this morning, that was what pushed uh, Biden pushed them uh, pushed the companies to do that to make that a more reasonable policy. So they were able to come and come to a conclusion. One of the the interesting things people were talking about ten years ago the death of unions in this country. We've we finally got a president who realized the importance of unions. I mean, if you look at what unions have given to us. They gave us 40-hour work week. They gave us vacation. They gave us medical. They gave us retirements. All those things came about not because of employers being so generous, but rather unions. Now, can unions go too far? Sure. The auto workers used to jump out for nothing and have wildcat strikes. My father hated a man named uh, Stanley at uh, um, General Electric near by where we live because he had wildcat strikes. If he get, had, somebody had a toenail that was broken because of something that happened, he would call wildcat strike. And eventually, they moved a good portion of General Electric to states that didn't have the Oklahoma thing. Yeah, I mean, I mean you they look didn't at, have that wildcat. I don't, I don't know a lot of the details, but you know, you hear about Teamsters and how out of control they got and are. It's it's bad, but like 
sometimes I, I read articles about, you know, the early 1900s and times before we had unions and a lot of it feels similar to now, you know, like people, yeah, workers I, being taken advantage of. Yeah. And the big thing, in fact, people don't realize compulsory education. One of the reasons we have compulsory education and why they brought it up to basically eighth grade was because we had children working in factories under extremely unsafe conditions. Because back in the late 1800s, the early 1900s, they had open blade spinning, they had crushing things coming as machinery was made, and people didn't have all the safety things on there. So you saw many disabled children and children dying, children falling into vats, of boiling stuff and everything. It was, a, it was a terrible experience. And things have changed, thankfully, for all that. We're in a very, very complicated world now where robots are replacing people as fast as going to other countries. So you just don't know what's going on. But at least that strike was settled and we didn't have another major blow to our economy, which it would have been. It would have been a yeah. huge blow. Yeah. Okay. Now on to a little bit about politics. Over the past couple of days, 30 more DOJ subpoenas have gone out. People who are very close to the Trump campaign and the Trump uh, White House have gotten that. Uh, who was it? Just got their phone taken. Oh, the, my pillow guy just had his phone yeah. taken away and and find out what was going on with that. A good portion of it relates to this false elector program where they had these people. They show that woman leading who was a false elector, leading other false electors into uh, the same place that actually they had a machine damaged and temp tempered with. It, it feels like it's getting tighter around Trump. It feels like there's a lot that's happening and sort of cascading down around him. And I saw that uh, Mark Meadows complied with the DOJ into their January 6th stuff. He provided text messages and he's he's given a lot of information and that's probably not somebody that Trump wants to be complying. No, because he was there while all the bad stuff was going on. I mean, the, yeah. the, the closest we got from, from the select committee to, to understand how much he was involved with was from that, that uh, staffer there from the, uh, the deputy um, Cassidy Hutchison. Cassidy, Cassidy Hutchison there. Uh, that was fantastic testimony. And then the lawyers, also, too, they've been complying, like Cipollone. Yeah, they, they have to. And then we got to get those other lawyers. we got to get Giuliani and, and uh, Eastman and, and those people out there. Clark. Uh, Clark. Clark is in trouble. They've taken his stuff, too. One of the interesting things that's going along with, with the uh, – in less than – Two months we're going to have this uh, midterm as they call it election interestingly enough in many states you to win your primary you had to support the election denial you had to say that in fact Biden did not win and the truth of the matter we know is yeah he did win there was there was no two ways about it and it was the freest and most fair election we've ever had, the most provable election because 97% of it had paper ballots that go back. Every time they went to try to say there wasn't, give me, give me uh, uh, proof, give me evidence. No one's ever paired up. But these MAGA winners in places like 
New Hampshire, places like Pennsylvania, places like you're in Ohio right now, North Carolina, Wisconsin, and places. We have these people who have run on that election denial because they felt they had to, to get the votes because they had defeated mainline, mainline Republicans. And now they have to run a general election. What's that going to mean? I think that they're going to have a really tough time. Like, I, I think about I, I, uh, this whole, is, uh, this is like a little bit of an aside, but I'll bring it back to what you just asked. Lindsey okay. Graham and his recent oh. proposal about abortion ban after, you know, 15 weeks. And there's a lot of analysis as to why he would do that. And, you know, some people think that maybe he's showing that, look, we're not going to ban it completely federally. This is our plan. So it gives some of these people something to go off of in the midterms. But what it's more likely to do is to completely turn off people to, to these Republicans, especially the crazy ones. And those undecided people will either vote for a write-in candidate or third-party candidate or Democrat. And I don't think that the Republicans are going to do well, even in some mostly red swing-type states. No, they've really tied themselves. One of the interesting things, the irony of, of Lindsey Graham saying that, is one of the key things that Alito and the conservatives did on the court said, we'll leave it back up to the states. And now he's talking exactly. about bringing it into the, into the federal realm again, just the opposite of what they said. And, you know, they, they're dumb in that they put this on their social media. Last night I found on June 24th, Lindsey Graham said, we've corrected a constitutional issue and had a, basically a reset on this issue. And now the states can determine where they fall on it. And I'm like, but look, social media indicates that you cannot walk anything back that you already said. And so he's getting skewered over this. Yeah, well, they are all that. The ex-president, uh, can they can put video right in front of him and say, no, I didn't say that. That was fake. You know, it's, it's crazy how we go. it, And we're getting it going to be, I believe they're talking about September 28th, the January 6th select committee hearing is going to begin again. If their drama is half as good, they are great. They've been great Hollywood to watch. It's been been fun. But yeah. it, it'll be interesting Interesting to see what else new they have in there, and they've had plenty of times. Yeah, now, and they've had a lot of new people willing to open up because they've seen where the chips are starting to fall, and they don't want to be on the wrong side of that. Now, listeners, I take pride in one really big thing with my wonderful daughter here. Starting at a very young age, she started going to football games with me. And she became an expert, particularly after Donovan McNabb went up to the Eagles. She suddenly became much more knowledgeable about the NFL and the players and the teams than I have. She'd be on deployments and people would ask, people would wonder about something. And they'd say, oh, go ask Karen, because she's, she was considered the expert. So today, in our concluding section, we're going to talk about the NFL after week one. How many did you see any of the games, Karen? Or many of the games? I didn't. I did not watch any games. I, I followed the Eagles a little bit live online, but I didn't actually watch anything. Well, let's bring bring up. She she is busy, particularly on Saturdays. She is now is coaching soccer. She's coaching two of our grandchildren. 
one who is going to be 10 and one who's going to be 12 in the next few months. And the, the, the younger team has been doing very, very well. They have a wonderful, cute name. Do you want to tell us the name? They are, they are uh, the Chocolate Ninja Monkeys. Yeah, it is, it's interesting. But I wanted to bring up that because we're so proud because the things that the comments she's been getting back from parents and the way she's done it and, and everything with those teams has been quite impressive. You're doing a great job. We're very proud of you. Thank you. I watched a lot of football, not all too many games, but on a rarity, I spent, we stayed up for a whole Thursday night football to watch the Buffalo Bills take on the Rams. It was an amazing game because when you have the Super Bowl championship team, you tend to have expectations put upon you. They didn't look at Because one of the big reasons was Vaughn Miller, who had been a Ram on that super defense team, went over to Buffalo Bills, and he made the team pay. He was on their backs all the time. And that was, that was a very good game to see. And uh, since my favorite uh, quarterback changed teams, I've kind of taken Buffalo under my wings as being my favorite team now. My favorite player was Russell Wilson. Uh, and is Russell Wilson still, but I mean, I think uh, Josh Allen is starting to move up in the, uh, on Russell. So it was very, very interesting games. Now we get, get into, as we were going to, one of the more complicated men playing there, uh, and I, I hate this term, the GOAT. The GOAT to me has always been the person who's done or screwed up. But then you get now, it's the greatest of all time. Okay, I'll grant it. Uh, one thing I'll say about Tom Brady, particularly when he was up with Bill Belichick, is he could take very, very low-skilled, low-experienced people and make them into acceptable, if not good, or not even semi-great uh, players, receivers generally. And he was very impressed to be able to do that under almost all the circumstances. And he did move and won a Super Bowl. And then he decided, okay, it's time to retire. So he said, okay, I'll do it. And he was retired for just a matter of weeks. It wasn't very long. Then he decided he's going to come back. The middle of training camp takes 11 days off during personal business. Well, guess what, listeners? If you haven't found it, find out what that personal business is likely. He and his very rich model wife, Giselle, are now living separate lives. Why do you think it's that? Um, well, like... Tom Brady is, by fo football standards, elderly. He is, <laughs> I think, 45, 44. I mean, you don't, 45. See, you don't see people playing that long. Um, he's not a quarterback that takes a lot of hits. I, 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 I take issue with you saying that he turns average or less than average receivers and running backs great. No, he's got an incredible offensive line. It gives them all the time in the world to lay out the perfect ball for somebody that can maybe get it. And that's, that's what it is. They, Bill Belichick always kept an incredible offensive line for him. That's all anybody needs to be able to get a good pass off. If they're not a scrambler like McNabb or Vic was, but he has this crazy longevity. Like, you know, he and I are similar, similarly aged. And I think about, 
even being in the Air Force at this point in time sounds way too, it's way too much. Not that I couldn't (laughs) do it, but I just don't want to anymore. I don't want to put myself through that. And he, you think about the season is 16 weeks, regular, is it 17 weeks now, regular season? Something like that, yeah. Even, even if it's 10 weeks, regular season, um, our soccer season is eight and I'm already kind of done and we're only halfway through, but it's a lot of weeks and you have a bye week So there's like 17, 18 weeks of games. And if you make playoffs as Tom Brady often has, that's additional weeks. And then there's pro bowl. If you want to play in that, if you're not, if you're not doing the super bowl, like there's so much to it and you have training camp and this is, this is to be at the level he's at. This is a year long thing. And he might've been home for four months tops before he's back in the gym full time. Maybe not even near home. I quite frankly think she got tired of raising his kids by herself as much as a rich person's raising kids. But I think that she feels that he put football first and she's maybe not going to be that trophy wife that, that he wanted, you know, he was with never married, but with another model actress before her, um, Bridget Moynihan, and they had a son. And I'm wondering how much time he really got with that son. And maybe Giselle got more time with his son than he did. You know, I think that she was, she, in a way, she sort of reminds me of Melania Trump. Like she's just never seemed to be all that interested in what he had going on. And I think she she was upset that he went back. However, he may have gone back because she was like, ah, I just don't really actually like you anymore. <laughs> and so that's what made him go back. Okay. Let's go back a second to what she was saying. See what I mean about how knowledgeable she is about football? So, yeah, I, I tend to agree with you that I think that she just got sick of playing second fiddle to a ball. I mean, and he, he goes out there, he, he does take hits, and I agree with you, and I think that's one of the biggest changes in football over the last 20, 25 years is the size, the strength, and the speed of, of offensive and defensive line linemen. Those linemen, those guys are 300-plus pounds in some cases, and those guys can run, run speeds that wide receivers used to be able to run. But I mean, wide receivers run, run track speeds. Just look back like 15 years ago, Dwight Freeney was called lightweight as a defensive end at 265 pounds. <laughs> That's lightweight. But for the, you know, an offensive defensive line, it, he's small. Here's another one that we saw in that, that uh, made quite a career for himself in several places. And then he's from Syracuse. Another Syracuse player that's done a lot is Chandler Jones out there. He's one of the top defensive ends out there now, too. He's like in the top 10 or 15 players uh, players in, in the country. Say, so, you know, football is a very interesting thing. Uh, we use Sunday Ticket to, to watch it because I like to watch so many out-of-market games. Uh, having been, been stuck with Atlanta for a while, Atlanta's a, there's a frustrating one, too. Fourth quarter, you have like almost a three-touchdown lead, and you blow it. You blow it again. I can't believe it. Like the Super Bowl. That that was horrible. That was horrible. So you know what, what do you do? You know you just go go onward to 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 do it. But 
Oh, it's 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 a it's a it's a crazy crazy time. But we watch that. That's not going to be on Directv anymore after this year. The the contract runs out. Nobody expects to do it. So we're going to go to streaming probably for everything after this. Well, just the first part of the stream is going to be whatever streaming service has Sunday tickets, so I can see all those games, and hopefully it That'll won't be, be ridiculously expensive. It will anything, be. And I would tell you anything with live TV, you're going to pay at least. Probably with the football, it'll be at least sixty to seventy dollars for just that service. Yeah, it, it probably be worth it. And the other other Hulu, ones, that... Hulu Live, I think is last time I looked was forty seven ninety nine, and it's probably going up to forty nine ninety nine or more. With Hulu's yeah, but when you when you get places. when you get Directv, it's even more for a lot of television that we never watch. So, Which is why I, I mean, cut the okay, cord because two hundred and seventy dollars was my last Directv bill. And I was done. Yeah. That was too much. And that was with Sunday Ticket. Yeah, this one Sunday Ticket isn't that big, but because we dropped all the premium channels because we the movies weren't all that great. So we, we covered a lot of interesting things here. Is there any final comments you want to make? No, it's been nice to talk about a bunch of different things. You know, just it is, and just just as we're, we're talking about something that is, uh, we're, we're thinking about having a podcast in the near future with some guests. Um, and something that's near and dear to my heart for years, and that is, that is what is going on in the classroom today. And uh, I hope to have a retired friend of mine and a former student and, and somebody else, maybe four or five people on, on this. And Karen has agreed to be the host and, and the moderator on it. So uh, that may be a few weeks in the coming. It's going to take a while to get everybody online. And hopefully they'll all be willing. So I'll be looking forward to that. Thank you for listening. God bless you. God bless this great country. God bless all of our servicemen and protect them where they are. Goodbye.